0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So,
1: no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done the new F 150.
2: Welcome into Bet the Edge on this Monday, December 27th. Happy holidays. Hope you're enjoying all of your time with hopefully family and friends, staying healthy, and of course, enjoying the sports betting slate. We appreciate you guys joining us on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel with Matt Rainier. I'm your host, Sarah Perlman. And coming up today, Matt and I are going to discuss how yesterday's results are going to impact how we attack the NFL moving forward. And Vondel Zell, the prop king, is back with us this week. He's going to stop by to help us handicap Monday Night Football, as well as an NBA game he has circled for tonight. And of course, we have our edge of the day. You do not want to miss our edges of the day for (laughs) today. And so much more coming up right here on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. See, I know your Lions play. Came home, Matt. So kudos to you on that. I'm curious. I hope you had a merry Christmas with your family. How was your weekend?
0: It was fantastic, Sarah. Thanks for asking. We had a great time. It was nice, a little bit more laid back. Got to see some of the more extended family. Saw some, you know, sister-in-law, and saw the kids, and they're still in town, so I'll probably see them again later on this afternoon. But the holiday itself, it was pretty laid back here at our house. We made some food, watched some football, watched a couple movies. I won't name the movie. It was a little bit suspect. I went on my wife's. You have opinion. to name
2: the movie. Name the, the movie. Fam-
0: the Family Stone. i Are you I've familiar with The Family no, Stone? No, I haven't seen
2: the movie, but I've seen it. Like, was is it on Amazon or Netflix or something? Yeah,
0: yeah, we rented it, and mm-hmm. she suggested it. And we don't really watch a ton of movies. <laughs> we watch many more shows. She goes, ah, oh, this is one we should watch. Sorry, right, whatever, it's fine, it's Christmas. And we got halfway through it, and I said, why did you pick this movie of all movies? And she said, well, I've heard enough about it. Look, I'm not going to try to cold water it entirely, but I don't know that I'm going to rush to watch it again. Put it that
2: way. Okay, so I'm not gonna watch The Family Stone. At least you make it through movies. I have this thing. I watch so many sports throughout the day and that's really all I watch in the Curb Your Enthusiasm. Maybe The Office. Fall asleep halfway through. I have not made it through a movie in one sitting in five years. <laughs> it is awful. My fiance hates me for it. I can't get through a movie. But I get through sports and on Saturday got a nice dub getting through two NFL games. That was fun. Yesterday, I know you had a good betting day, myself included, and a lot of the bettors. Listen to this. The overs yesterday, nine and three. Favorites went seven and four against the number. Three underdogs did win outright. The Texans plus 12 and a half. They beat the Chargers. My goodness. Bears plus seven. They covered in crazy fashion and won. And the Bills, that was a huge win for a lot of people, especially the public. The cover and the win outright was huge. 83% not of the spread handle came in on Buffalo. Similarly with the Bengals and everything that was happening with Baltimore, Bengals ended up laying seven. That was the closing number. 83% of the spread handle came in on Cincinnati. But obviously the one huge good game for the book had to be the Texans not only covering, but winning outright. Over 90% of the money, of course, came in on the Chargers. Those are the three main things that kind of stood out to me in those games. But now it's kind of wild. If we kind of spin this now looking forward the Chargers, that terrible loss to the Texans that we're talking about, kind of on the outside looking in, in terms of the playoffs. They have the eight seed in the AFC right now. They lose a head-to-head tiebreaker with the Ravens, so we're going to get into the AFC North in general later. But that was huge. And, of course, the Bills now move into first place with the win over the Patriots. They have the fourth seed in the AFC. They do own the division tiebreaker over New England, probably on their way to the AFC East Championship. I did not play that in the futures market, because I won't lie, I actually liked the Patriots a little bit yesterday. What were your main takeaways now as we kind of spin this, looking forward to the rest of the NFL season?
0: Well, especially coming out of that game, and you know we talked about it a little bit. I'm a Patriots fan, and, and I, this is a bit of, course, of an alarming you're trend. Up there. Yeah, a bit, bit of an alarming trend here over the past few weeks. Even going back to that first Buffalo game prior to their bye, New England's had a bad habit of getting off to these really slow starts, and I think you can do that against inferior company know, they did that earlier this year against Houston, were able to overcome that on the road. It's a different story when you're doing it against the Indianapolis and the Buffalo's of the world teams that, I mean, there's a scenario in which they end up playing Buffalo in the first round of the postseason, or even an in Indianapolis, depending on the way everything ends up shaking out. I'm not going to blame it on Mac Jones. I know a lot of people want to just sit there and say, point back to that first Buffalo game where he only threw the ball three times. That was more a product of the environment than anything else. But he was far from spectacular in that game against Indianapolis for the first three quarters. And then yesterday, he looked like a rookie. But it's not just him. The team as a whole, they're making uncharacteristic mistakes, highly penalized, something that Belichick's teams aren't typically, and really throughout the season they weren't. And you take a look at it, they're just not protecting the ball. If Damian Harris doesn't fumble the ball the way that he does, where he just actually gets over the goal line yesterday or makes contact with it for it to be a touchdown like they're in the fourth quarter, you could be looking at another scenario in which he turns the ball over inside the five when he's going to make a game tight. He did that in the first week of the season against the Dolphins. Why they, they lost him to Miami up at Foxborough. So the Patriots are trending the wrong direction in a weird way. The buy I think, came at the worst possible time for them. Without a doubt. they on all cylinders, and it seems like they just, I'm not ready to write them off just yet, but they're certainly going to need to pick things up here pretty quick. They've got a really nice opportunity to write the ship this coming week against Jacksonville. I think this is going to be a prime opportunity to just kind of reset, get things right, and try to gain some momentum.
2: No, you're 100% correct. A few weeks ago, I bought into the Patriots after the buy. It certainly doesn't seem that way. You probably don't want to be facing the Buffalo Bills or the Indianapolis Colts if you're in the AFC. Those two teams playing outstanding football down the stretch. We're gonna break down week 17 throughout this week and maybe how to buy in those futures markets. We are headed down the backstretch of the NFL season, and NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet has you covered with Sunday night seven. We're giving you a shot to win $1 million every Sunday night throughout the rest of the regular season. It's free and easy to play. So predict what will happen between the Vikings and the Packers for a chance to win. Download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com predictor. Now week 16. Coming to a close here with Monday Night Football, of course, the Dolphins and the Saints taking a look now. Miami laying three, playing New Orleans. Let's break down this game. We welcome in Von Belzell to help us do so. I'm very interested to watch this game. I have an edge of the day later in the show, Vaughn, but the under is what screams to me, and it's a few reasons. Ian Book is playing, but there has to be other ways to attack this game with the quarterback making his debut, COVID issues across the board for New Orleans, but New Orleans defense coming off a shutout performance against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In your opinion, what is the best way to attack Monday Night Football? Yeah, well, I
3: feel like the public was going to be quick to bet New Orleans in this spot until all the COVID injuries and stuff came out, and that kind of affected the line completely. Because we saw New Orleans minus three; they were the favorite. Now it's flipped to Miami minus three. And normally, I'm not in a rush at all to back a team that's flipped that lines flipped that much. Uh, you're getting the worst of the line. So surely, if I was betting a spread in this one, uh, why Miami looks like the right side. New Orleans plus three might be actually not the not the worst pick. But my favorite play in this game. Is going to be on the total, but in the first half. So I'm going to go first half under 19 and a half. Now, as you said, Sarah, Ian Book in his first NFL start. Saints are two and five straight up at home this year. This will be the fourth quarterback. They've had start at home this season. That is ridiculous. They also averaged six points per game in the first half of their home games this season. So that's how rough it's been for New Orleans. They've been a slow starting team. I think they were the best when they had Taysom Hill under center because they had that familiarity And he gave him that one-two punch, able to run the ball. He had experience as well. Um, But Miami's won six straight games. They're averaging only nine points per game on the road in in the first half this season. So uh, another team that doesn't knock your socks off when it comes to scoring, but they do get Jalen Waddell, Mike Azeki, Devontae Parker back. Uh, Their defense is one of the highest blitzing teams. And New Orleans on the other side uh, has a secondary in the coverage that could slow or limit Tua today or at least for the first 30 minutes. So while the over-under 37, 37 37.5 may be scary, I like the first half under 19.5. I think we definitely see a 12-7 or a lower-scoring type of game here between these two teams. Vaughn, let's
0: pivot a little bit here. I bet plenty on college hoops. I don't really dabble in college football, though. We know it's bowl season. Hmm. Uh, The Minnesota Golden Gophers and the West Virginia Mountaineers in the guaranteed rate bowl. Talk me through that a little bit if I want some action.
3: Yeah, so this is going to be a great game. If you followed Minnesota this season, you were pretty hype about them until Ibrahim Muhammad got hurt, and everybody wrote Minnesota off just because he was their best player. But since then, they've had a variety of running backs to be able to carry the workload, and their defense has been stellar. They've allowed 30 points or less to everybody they played since Ohio State this season. Uh, and they just gave up 14 points a couple of weeks ago, and they lost that game. So that shows you how good the defense actually can be. But going against West Virginia – Letty Brown will not play. That means not one player on this West Virginia team has more than 700 yards from scrimmage. That is alarming going into the bowl game. Jared Dodge hasn't shown the ability to really break it open this season. They've only scored 30 points three or four times, and those have been against teams like Texas and Kansas. I like Minnesota here and what they've been able to preach all year. I play them out to the minus seven.
2: Okay, so Minnesota laying five in the guaranteed rate bowl. Let's stick with the bowl game discussion here. One of my favorite bowl games because I love Cheez-Its. Cheez-It Bowl. <laughs> we have Clemson play Iowa State. Clemson on the money line right now. Minus 125. They're minus one and a half on the spread. The total at 44. Clemson really good down the stretch. Ended the season on a five-game winning streak. They won seven of their last eight. They started the season slow. But of course, finished extremely strong. Davo Sweeney, extremely successful in bowl games, tends to take these more seriously than others. What's your read on the Cheez-It Bowl here, Van?
3: Yeah, Clemson did finish really strong after not covering in like almost two months. Uh, they cut, they went four and won their last five against the spread, and the only one they didn't cover was against UConn as a minus four and a half spread. So uh, I'll accept that one. But <laughs> Iowa State. They're without Brees Hall, and he's their best player. He's actually scored a touchdown in 24 straight games, every game since 2020. It's insane. He had 20 rushing touchdowns this year and three receiving. I don't like this Iowa State offense without him, but then they lost two key receivers as well and a couple other guys um, on the offense and then also on the defense due to transfer portal or COVID. That makes it tough to back any team, and that's the theme a lot in these bowl games, especially this season because there's so many COVID injuries and uh, people transferring out. Clemson lost their offensive defensive coordinator, Dabo Sweeney, like this. Replace him within 30 seconds. He said I had a plan in place. So don't worry about Clemson. I think they have this. They match up well when it comes to the offensive line versus defensive line, pass defense, sacks, all that stuff. I think they have it in the bag here. And uh, so I would play Clemson out to the three. They're minus one right now. I don't play minus one point spreads. I never recommend that. So I say the money line, we're playing up to minus three and get the juice with the field goal.
0: Let's shift from football to the NBA and some basketball here. You got the Mavs at the Trailblazers tonight. We know Luka Doncic is in the health and safety protocol. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Dame Lillard is questionable tonight for personal reasons. And we know that CJ McCollum is sidelined already. What's your read on this game in Portland tonight?
3: Yeah, a lot of people in the COVID protocols, just like myself here. As you can see, my voice keeps going in and out. So uh, I appreciate you guys hanging with me. But uh, yeah, if Lillard is out for personal reasons tonight, Certainly like Dallas in this spot. Now it's becoming back to a pick 'em game right now. Dallas was a minus one point favorite this morning. They're five and zero on the money line as a road favorite this year, being the Raptors, Pelicans, Thunder's, and the Spurs twice. Uh, obviously Portland was a team everybody talked about being so good at home this season, but well that regression hit because they've lost six straight up until the last game at home. So they are one and six uh, in their last seven home games, and they only beat the Hornets, who also have some COVID concerns. So. Dallas, in their last five games, one and four, but they lost the Lakers in overtime, the T-Wolves, the Bucks, and the Jazz, all by six or fewer points. This team is doing just as well without Luka Doncic. So I like them. Porzingis, Jalen Brunson, and company can carry them. Um, it just matters if Damon Lillard is playing or not because if he is playing, dude, I want no smoke with him because he has been snapping lately, playing well, and I would certainly look at his points prop tonight. So with all the COVID stuff going on, make sure you're paying attention, having your updates on. Uh, NBC Sports Edge Basketball has those too, so uh, make sure you're paying attention so you can get these lines before they do shift because I could see Dallas minus three if Lillard is out tonight.
2: No, it's extremely important, as you said, Vaughn, to keep an eye on these player availability as the COVID protocols continue right now in the season. A lot of Mavericks money line or money coming in, rather, lines out to one and a half. So it would not be to see this continue to two and possibly three by tip off, as the kids say, as you say, I want no smoke with Dame Lillard <laughs> either. So for this uh, this game, I hope he's not playing. As you've said, they've been struggling lately just to add some of it to Portland. Looking, they've allowed 110 points. In 10 of their uh, latest losses, they've lost 11 of their last 14 games. Defensively, this team is struggling. I ride with you. I like Dallas. Give me the Mavericks tonight, minus one and a half. You can follow Vaughn on Twitter, at VMoneySports, and you can read all of his work on NBCSportsEdge.com. Be sure to log on tomorrow to this site. He joins a lot of NBA handicappers for a weekly late sweat breakdown. It's fantastic and breaks down the Tuesday slate in the NBA. Vaughn, we appreciate you joining us, even though I know you're still a little bit sick. Uh, my voice is gone, not because I'm sick, just ate and drank too much over the weekend. <laughs> Feel better, Vaughn. We'll talk to you soon.
3: Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Matt.
0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here.
1: Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.
2: Download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter this week's free NBA pick and roll contest for a chance to win $50,000. This week, we're highlighting matchups between the Clippers and Celtics, Lakers and Grizzlies and Knicks and Pistons. If you don't have the Predictor app yet, do yourself a favor, download it now. Now, we talked about the NFL at the top of the show, and we broke down how this past week's game are going to affect the futures market. But we talked about the Bengals just a little bit, and that's where I want to go here, Matt. It's the AFC North. in this market, pretty wild. Right now, the Bengals are minus 250. You have the Ravens plus 550, Browns plus 650, and Steelers 12 to 1. Now, the reason I say it's crazy is because the AFC North, Matt, is the only division in which no team has been mathematically eliminated. Obviously, there are some favorites and reasons why the Bengals – are the clear favorite because they just need to win one of their last two games to clinch or win the a- a- AFC North division. So I leave it to you. I look at the Bengals. They're playing the Chiefs and Browns our next two games. The Ravens, the second favorite at plus 550 to win the division, take on the Rams, and then the Steelers, they of course would have to win out or have a million things go their way. So your read on the AFC North and if there's any value to get involved here.
0: Yeah, it's really going to be a fascinating watch over these next two weeks because, as you laid out, Cincinnati just needs to win one of these games, but it's not as though they've got a cupcake next week. you got to deal with the Chiefs, who it seems like they're back to the Chiefs that we expected them to be all year as opposed to that sort of slow start that they had. The way that I went through, and granted, this is with presumably all the stars playing. The way COVID has been going, who knows who actually ends up suiting up. But I went through and kind of played out each one of these games I think Cincinnati loses next week to the to the Chiefs. I have them losing 26 to 23. That could potentially set up a week 18 showdown with the Browns because I've got the Browns defeating the Steelers next week 21 to 20, basically a winner take all scenario in week 18 between those two. You would also need the Ravens to lose and I think they're going to lose to the Rams next week as well. But point being that last game of the regular season could be for all the marbles. I think it could be a fantastic game. Frankly I just think Cincinnati's a better team so I understand why they're minus 250 but if you're purely talking about it from a value standpoint yeah you do need a few things to to break your way but I don't think Cleveland's a terrible play at plus 650 right now do you
2: Plus 650, you know, I've I've seen this Browns team play. I had a ticket on the Browns to win the division. And, you know, my gut says, no, I can't take the Browns. Maybe I already have a ticket on them. But the only way they win the AFC North is if they win their final two games. As you said, the Steelers and the Bengals. And then you need the Bengals and the Ravens to lose both next week. I think plus 650, I got them. I think it was like four to one beginning of the season to win the AFC North. And yes, the number better. I don't trust this team, not only COVID issues, but the way they're playing right now is tough. I know Baker Mayfield's obviously struggled just a little bit over the last few weeks. And I, my brother-in-law is a huge Browns fan. So I hear about it all the time. Um, I'm out on the Cleveland Browns. I actually think the best play here is Cincinnati. Minus 250, because as we kind of talked about the remaining schedule, minus 250, laying that, maybe you want to sit and take a look at how it will shape up in the in the bigger AFC picture. Playing the Chiefs, to your point, I think that's going to be a loss. The Browns catching them, final game of the season, I do think they end up securing the division and winning. The Ravens play the Rams. I think they take the loss there. The Steelers, that's where it changes. The Ravens, I think, will take down the Steelers given Lamar Jackson comes back or Tyler Huntley, depending what happens with the quarterback situation there. Um, it looks like the Ravens might actually best, the best situation is they get the wild card. So it's Bengals are pass for me at this point, Matt.
0: Yeah. And I don't want to totally gloss over Baltimore, but you know, with Lamar right. sidelined, hopefully he does come back before the end of the season, but even I'll take Steel- Tyler
2: Huntley if I'm a Ravens backer, either one of them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, in the games that he has played, he's, I think, at least made a case for. No, he's not going to you know, take over the starting role in Baltimore. But if there's another team out there that's desperately in need of a quarterback, I don't know that the Ravens would be in a rush to move him. I think he's at least made a case for himself to try to get an opportunity. I just don't think overall they have the horses to run with a Cincinnati. And, And look, I like Cincinnati. I think they're a good team. I don't think they're a great team. But I think they're the best of a mediocre division. I'm with you. I think they're the most likely winner. But boy, I have a really hard time laying 250 to take back 100.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't say it's my favorite bet. So recapping here, nine and six Bengals, they are the favorites. One game lead over the eight and seven Ravens, and they have a one and a half game lead over the seven, seven and one Pittsburgh Steelers and a two game lead over the Cleveland Browns. Tough end of the schedule for the AFC North in general. We'll continue to keep an eye for us. Seems like kind of Bengals are past, but minus 250, not my best bet. We're going to get to our best bets though in just a second. For now, give the gift of NBC Sports Edge Plus this holiday season. Get 15% off annual subscriptions when you use the code HOLIDAY15 at checkout. This offer turns to Cole December 31st. So visit NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus today. Remember, all of our premium betting tools for fantasy, DFS, and betting are all included in that one low Edge Plus subscription. That subscription has saved my fantasy season. I am not kidding you. It was tough yesterday. If you didn't have Dak Prescott for Joe Burrow, you're done. I could tell you that much. Apologies to, to your fantasy team.
0: I ran into a team that had Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, which we know week in and week out, that's going to be a tough situation. But yeah. then Zeke, Schultz, Amari Cooper. I mean, I had no chance. No. I had no chance.
2: I thought or you were going to come ask. up at the end and say, but I had Joe Burrow and start no. naming players no. you had and you beat them. Yet you had no chance.
0: No, I. you know, I feel like it's one if thing. If you had Amari lose- Cooper
2: – on your fantasy team, just good for you. What a Christmas yeah. gift that was in itself. Dak, Joe Burrow, there were so many guys. Everyone I know took L's unless you had one or two of those players.
0: It's at least a little heartening for me to know that I, I would have needed an otherworldly week to win. Uh, so it, it's one. It's not one of those where you went into it and you just kind of limped home and you, you should have won, but you had a couple of hiccups here and there. I mm. had no chance
2: against that. No, you look at the first half and you're like, it's over. I'm going to yeah. sleep. Fantasy season over. Playoffs done. We're yep. on to 2022 for 100%. fantasy NFL <laughs> fantasy season. We're gonna do something on edge of the day to our listeners. Listen carefully that we've never done before. Matt's coming on, obviously, with his edge of the day, and he's going to a horse race that's happening in just a little bit at Santa Anita, and I dare I say, kind of random race. So first time for everything. I love. Uh, Horse racing and betting horse racing, I could do that anywhere in the country with my TVG account. So trust me, I'll be all over this matt The floor is yours. Let's do it.
0: Yeah, and 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 to be fair, the the reason I went this route, it's a little bit of a lighter slate here this afternoon. You know, you've got a Premier League game this This afternoon. This is the best thing that's
2: ever happened at the end of Edge of the Day. Are you serious? I just try to get a little. I tried to
0: get a little creative because I didn't love any of the NBA stuff, and the game tonight, the Monday night game, just kind of meh. I'd rather watch than bet. So. I figured, why not? St. Anita, the second day, they opened up yesterday. You had a wild performance by a horse called Flightline. We're not going to get that today. This race, race number eight, these are for horses who have never won three races in their entire lives. So to your point, it's a very just random race. But there's a horse in here called Charge Cash. It's the number four horse. He's four to one on the morning line. And I think he makes a lot of sense in here. They're going seven furlongs, which is seven eighths of a mile. One furlong equals an eighth of a mile. The distance may be a little bit far for him, but he's a horse that likes to be forwardly placed, meaning up toward the front, throughout. And that's very important on the dirt at Santa Anita. You'd rather be much more forward than trying to rally from off of it. He's going to be forward, but he doesn't have to have the lead. And he has arguably the fastest speed figures in the race. And speed figures are what we use to basically try to assess who's better than who. It's really just kind of taking all things into consideration. The higher the number, the faster they are, the better they are. This horse fits in here very well. He's taking on lesser horses than he did in his most recent race. I don't know that you're going to get the four to one that the morning line suggests. I made him three to one, and I think that's probably where he lands. It's about a 25% chance of winning. I think he can get the job done at a decent number. So, yes, I know, a little unconventional for the edge of the day, but let's go to Santa Anita race number eight, the four horse, Charge Cash.
2: Okay, Charge Cash, four to one. We'll see where this will lands come the race at Santa Anita. I am all over this. Quick follow-up question for myself and anyone listening that loves horse racing. For races like this, do you recommend just picking a flat-out winner? Do you do a trifecta? Anything like this for a race eight on a Monday at Santa Anita?
0: I think just a general rule of thumb. When we talk about it, and and the folks listening to this are are smart, sharp betters, and Mm -hmm. we're always trying to get the best as far as prices are concerned, horse racing, one of the biggest issues horse racing has is the takeout. In some of the pools... It's enormous. It can be up almost to 25%. Win bets are typically some of the lower takeout options. I would stick to that, especially in a situation like this where you're going to get a very, very fair return as opposed to playing a place or a show bet where you need a few. Granted, it's a more likely bet to come in, but you're not going to get rewarded the way that you should. You get a relatively low takeout on the win side of things. I would just stick to that. If you wanted to try to do something crazy, maybe you play a daily double, but then you would have to look at one of the other races surrounding this one. So for me, I'm going to say just stick to a straight-up win bet to whatever your sort of unit is and go at it from there.
2: Okay, I'm really excited to watch. Race 8, Santa Anita. (laughs) We are rooting for Charge Cash. Great name, which I sometimes like to bet with my horses (laughs) just based on the name. Phenomenal name. Four to one, the morning line. Okay, I'm going to the NFL. Talked a little bit about it with Vaughn earlier. We have the Dolphins. And the Saints, people look at this total and they're like, what the heck do I do with this 37? I've seen money come in and bump this to 37 and a half. I can't figure it out. I played under 37 this morning. I think this game for both really ends actually is going to be all about defense, especially for the New Orleans Saints. If they want to win and even stay in this game, they're going to rely on their defense. And that's pretty lucky for them. They have been stellar all year long. They're allowing just under 21 points per game this season they're coming off of that shutout performance against tampa bay last week the saints lead the nfl in red zone defense in terms of giving up touchdowns and red zone opportunities that will be huge for tonight and the dolphins defense they've been really locked in as well of lately during this six game winning streak that we're watching they've given up 13.2 points per game. No quarterback they've faced over the last six weeks has found a lot of success through the air, keeping their opponents over the last three to under 200 passing yards. And now they're facing Ian Book. We've talked about Notre Dame graduate making his NFL debut. Not the best time to make your NFL debut against a good defense. Primetime Monday night football and the Saints practice schedule because of all the COVID issues they've had, Matt have been really, really tough. They haven't practiced on, in a while. They canceled on Thursday, which was the day Ian Book found out he was starting. So yes, they had Friday, Saturday, Sunday to get ready. That is not a lot of time for a quarterback, rookie quarterback, nonetheless, making his debut. So I don't see the Saints finding a lot of success. Um, offensively, I think their defense keeps it in this game. And similarly, I see this kind of being a 20-10 to 10 game. I like the Dolphins to get it done. I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. I played the under 37. Wouldn't be surprised before game time to see this come down just a little bit. That is my edge of the day. I hate rooting for no points, but your girl is rooting for very few points tonight in primetime.
0: I think, the, boy, the, the Dolphins, any Dolphins fan. Are you a Dolphins fan? I know you're from Florida.
2: No. I don't have no, loyalty not- anymore. It's just whoever I'm betting on. I lost that a few years ago, Matt. I know I- you could probably relate. Unless it's the Anaheim 100%. Ducks.
0: It's my team. <laughs> 100%. I, I understand entirely. If you're a Dolphins fan, you've got to be just beside yourself to see how this team has started playing over the second half of the season in contrast to the opening half. Because they're still in with a chance to get into the postseason. But if you picked up a couple of these games, you lost to the Falcons and the Jags earlier this year. You grab both of those wins. You're in the driver's seat. You're not even sweating this thing out. I agree with you. I mean, I think they probably should get the job done against... Ian Book in his career debut again on a Monday night at a Superdome. Top
2: defense though, Cover One. They're going to be yeah. all over Tua.
0: I just, I, I, you look at this team and you go, how did you get off to such a slow start and lose to some of these teams that you did? It's unfortunate if you're a Dolphins fan. They're still in with the puncher's chance, and then even to New Orleans' point. New Orleans is far from done here, and, and granted, mm-hmm. the quarterback situation is definitely on the dicey side, but you take a look at some of the teams that they've played and some of their losses, they've arguably got the best losses, I think, out of anybody in the entire league. know, you've run into some really, really good teams. You lost to the Titans. You lost to the Eagles, who are hit or miss, but they're still mathematically in this thing. You lost to the Cowboys in a relatively tight game. Oh, forgive that Buffalo game where they got their doors blown off. But point being, I think they're a decent team. They just need some more solid quarterback play or health, at least, from the quarterback position. Books got a lot on his shoulders here tonight.
2: Yeah, both teams well-coached. Rookie quarterback, too, is playing well. Both defenses playing out of their minds down the stretch and tough schedules. Remaining must-win situation. A little more conservative, especially from the New Orleans side. I take under 37. Race coming up later today. We're rooting for charge cash all over it. Good luck with all of your wagers to everyone listening to us today. We hope you have an awesome rest of your day and we will see you right back here tomorrow on That's the Edge Powered by best Take care.